my name It ain't nothing My age, it means less The country I come from Is called the Midwest I start and brought up there The laws to abide And that the land that I live in Has God on its side God on its side Writing in 2022, Matthew Trusinski reminded us that Bob Dylan is known for mentioning famous figures in his songs, everyone from the Beatles to Ma Rainey. What we may not realize is that lyrics from one of his songs provided the creative spark for the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. It turns out that Superstar's portrayal of Judas Iscariot was inspired by the lyrics of this song, Dylan's classic song, With God on Our Side. country was young With God on its side Trzynski contends the tune is primarily an anti-war song. In it, Dylan discusses how many armies have felt God was on their side. Likewise, he notes how any bad person can think they have God's favor. In addition, the song takes on a biblical turn. In With God on Our Side, Dylan sings, Jesus Christ was betrayed by a kiss, but I can't think for you. You'll have to decide whether Judas Iscariot had God on his side. This verse, we're told, inspired Tim Rice, the lyricist for Jesus Christ Superstar, and his telling of the tale with Andrew Lloyd Webber that leaves us with a question or questions. You'll have to decide. The First World War, boys. If we consider the figure of Judas as he's been portrayed over the centuries in so many different lights, according to Almut Barbara Renger, we find an abundance of portraits, studies, and stagings conjuring a dazzling figure, incomparably fascinating in its contradictions. No wonder Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber wanted to develop a musical exploration of the character and the story in which he's embedded. As it happens, John Toussaint has been cast in the role of Judas in the current production of Jesus Christ Superstar at King's College in Wilkes-Barre. And he's been wrestling as an actor and as a person with the contradictions of that character. We'll hear how he's brought to bear on his understanding of Judas and that story what he has been exploring in one of his classes at King's. Toussaint's philosophy studies suggest we need to wake up, and often that's by engaging in a disorienting exchange. The fire of dialogue, as Alan Dregson puts it, with regard to Socrates, with poets, playwrights, philosophers, and the like, to let go of our limiting and even false beliefs and opinions. And to be questioned by a person or a story or a character like Judas is something we each need to experience for ourselves. 
It's not merely an answer or information about how we should live, but in the poet Rilke's terms, it's living the questions. That's what John Toussaint is doing as he creates the character of Judas, and that's the wisdom he will leave us with at the end of our conversation. And that's also why Dave Reynolds, professor of theater, department chair, and technical director at King's College, is excited to be presenting this musical because he feels that if they tell it straight, it will not just entertain us, but question us in deep and meaningful ways. King's College will present Jesus Christ Superstar February 15th through the 24th. And Dave Reynolds and John Toussaint stopped in at the WVIA studios to talk with us about the show and how it made its way onto the season schedule. Dave Reynolds. I wish there was some wonderful big reason, but honestly, um, it's a show that I've just always loved. We have a really great faculty band that plays our musicals, uh, the philosophy professor and the chair of the English department, and the rock band. They started when we did Tommy years ago. They, they call themselves the Seekers now. And so that was sort of just like, hey, I have these guys, let's do this show. But then I think maybe in some sort of cosmic way, it was a show that uh, Brother Jim Miller always loved, and he passed away this past uh, summer, you know, mentor of mine, mentor to probably thousands of people that went through King's College. And so I think it's become very, very special for me that we're doing it this year for bro. We're, we're dedicating our entire season to Brother Jim, but this show specifically, we're having a reception you know, to honor his memory, just calling it a night for bro. And I think his his hand has guided me with this show conceptually very much. I think it's one that he really would have loved. So in the beginning, it was just because I had a good rock band. And uh, now it's to honor a mentor and father figure of mine. It's a show that involves a lot of people. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a big show. Uh, we have a cast of, I believe, 23. We've got, you know, the band. We've got lots and lots of people working behind the scenes on this one. It might be the biggest show that we've ever done, but it's certainly the biggest show we've done in a, quite a long time. John, what attracted you to try out? Or did Dave say, John, try out? Well, he did He did say try out. I'll, I will give him credit for that. But that was partially because I did the fall Shakespeare. I've been doing theater since I was about like 15 or 16. But I went to Wilkes previously and I wasn't able to do it there. But now that I'm at King's, he's given me the opportunity. And what were you in the Shakespeare? Was that Antony and Cleopatra? I was Antony, yeah. Yes. He's pretty good. First Shakespeare, and he, he was quite good as Anthony. We were very proud of that one. And what about your ability to vocalize? That was that was my main strength before Shakespeare. And that's why I think Shakespeare was so daunting when I started it, because I was always like the guy who did musicals. But when the acting came around, it was like, okay, it's time to branch out. But now we're kind of back into more familiar waters. And what did you see in him in terms of Judas? You know, A, he's an extremely talented young man. I had worked with him previously in musical theater, so I knew he had a wonderful voice. But I was so taken with his portrayal of Anthony and the work that he did to find that character and bring it to the role that I, I thought, if he brought that same sort of energy and that same sort of work ethic to Judas, uh, I knew that he could sing it, right? He was worried because it's a little high, right? But it's a tad high. I knew that he could sing it. And, you know, I say to my cast all the time, I want I want great actors who can sing before I want great singers who can kind of act. Because I really feel like, you know, it's a play. I, I want to believe the characters. You know, you want all of those things to come together. But specifically, Judas is a really difficult character. There are many difficult characters. But as far as the journey and the character arc and the the choices that an actor needs to make I saw what he brought to Anthony. I wanted him to bring that to this character. We can assume that people know the story, but in any case, talk to us about the dynamics. The show is named for Jesus Christ, but what are the character dynamics in and among 
the main figures in the musical. Yeah, so it, it deals primarily with, you know, the life of Jesus and the apostles and Judas being in the, in this version of the story, you know, Jesus's best friend, his right-hand man, uh, as they say in the music. And then the choices that Judas makes, it's all scriptural, right? Um, and we, we are taking a, a, a concept with this that is very scriptural and very much, I think, leaning into the idea of the Trinity and uh, the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus together. But yes, you know, if you know the story, right, if you know basically the passion of Jesus, which it's no accident that we're doing this, we're opening this the day after Ash Wednesday, it, it follows that, that story, right, with some things that are a little anachronistic from the Bible, but most of, mostly supported there. So I think one of the things that we're trying to do with this, I think a lot of productions that I've seen, quite good productions, kind of take for granted that everybody knows this story. And so we're really trying to tell the story. We're realizing this concept through the, the main idea is the word made flesh. So these actors are all literally coming to life from the Bible and they're portraying these roles. So that's that's what we're trying to do with this. And you know, so it's my hope that someone who knows nothing about this story could come in and understand the story and be moved by it. In your growing up years and so forth, had you ever been drawn to the show? Is this something that you knew and were appreciating? Yeah, I was lucky. They did Jesus Christ Superstar at the Music Box Dinner Playhouse. I think I was in high school when they put it on. And so it was funny seeing that we were doing it this year because I was like, oh my goodness, I need to do that show. I have known the music since then. And it was also nice too because when I first saw it, I was so moved, so moved, not just by the portrayals that I saw, but just by the story that I had been surrounded by all my life growing up Catholic, but now being able to see it in an art form that truly makes me laugh and cry and in a way that my emotions feel so in touch with it. It made it just so, so much better. Was it kind of scandalous when it first opened? I th I think so, yeah. I mean, I looked a little bit into it. It was early, I think it was 71. Uh, so it started as a concept album that they wrote, perhaps with the intention of being a stage play. But yeah, I, there were protests. There was, uh, there was a production done at King's, I think sometime in the late 80s. But it wasn't like a full theater department production. I think they did it at the chapel. I don't know that much about it. But I think there was a lot of scandalousness that came with the piece. But then also, like, you know, my mother-in-law, who's, who's very Catholic, has told stories of how every Good Friday they would listen to Jesus Christ Superstar. So I think it sort of became, I, I think people that are devoutly religious find exactly what John's saying. Like, one of the things I think that works the best about this piece is it shows the humanity of these people, right? That Jesus in this play is a human. You know, it's a great number, Gethsemane, which is one of my favorites, which is, you know, the agony in the garden, if you're familiar. And it, it's him asking, why do I have to do this? Why am I the one you're picking for this? And it's a really, it's beautiful. It's beautifully humanizing. So I think when you get down to it, the scandal aside, the whole Mary Magdalene stuff aside, it really is a wonderful portrayal of the humanity of these people who, they're in the Bible, right? And so maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's a dry read. But when you see this come to life, like John was saying, I think it, I think it changes the story on a philosophical level, and you all at King's have a philosophy department and a band member who's in oh, yeah. philosophy, so you have that. But some of the philosophers, maybe it's existentialism or whatever, comes down to the fact that humans make choices, and that's how they come to understand who they are. And it would seem that in this case, with a character like Judas, you got to make some choices, and we as humans often try to not make choices, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that that really, I mean, I think it's great that you said that. We spent a lot of time at the table just sitting around talking about free will and predestination. And that, like, I think this play looks at that a lot. And I think where we've ended up is Judas makes a choice and 
we can debate the reasons that he makes it, but he he certainly does make a choice. I think we're we're visually representing in a really powerful moment him turning away from the light. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice that you say about humans that we make choices because that's one of the things that I've really gleaned from Kings that that Dave pushes a lot is that uh, even as actors we make tons of choices as well, and so it's a nice little parallel to be able to do that in regards to someone like Judas or like other characters in the show like Jesus and Mary and whatnot. I will say that it's it's a difficult thing when you're making those choices, especially as Judas, because you. This is something that I've actually talked to my family a lot about because at first I was very nervous about Judas because you know he's the one who damns Christ in the end. So it kind of put this weight on my heart that it was like, should I feel should I feel my Catholic guilt about this or you know? But then you know when I sat down and thought about it, I I don't want to make Judas seem too understandable. I want him to be able to be empathized with. But I definitely don't want people to take away that he was at all in the right. Because, you know, the the whole beauty of the show, and I think it's truly encapsulated towards the end, uh, and I won't give too much away, is that Jesus is that light. And that no matter how much, how many choices and how much I put into this role, I am the antagonist through and through. And that's that's new for me, I think, in theater. I'm not used to that. So I like it as a theatrical challenge, but as a moral, like, as you were saying, philosophical, it's a little difficult. It's a little difficult, a little different. So as you've been developing the character then, have you within yourself, even though you're not going to telegraph it to the audience, have you come to understand why you think Judas might have betrayed Christ? I'm glad you asked that. I do. I feel like when you surround yourself with someone that is so huge, and I mean, we're all victim of it, that we feel this jealousy, this envy, and maybe that's not Judas's, you know, his feelings about it. But no matter what they are, when we're surrounded by somebody that we admire, when they start to feel like they've gone too far, we feel responsible, especially if we're close to them. So I know that that's bringing the story down to a very bare minimum point, but it's a way to connect with it. The The big thing, sorry, was with if Judas would repent. I think that the the final takeaway that I've gotten from Judas is that, sure, he, he makes the mistake of damning Christ. I think his largest mistake and the thing that is the hardest for me to portray is that he never asked for forgiveness, which is where he truly damns himself. He may damn Christ, but such as written, as we talked about free will and predestination, he didn't ask for forgiveness. That's where he went wrong. I mean, but also dramaturgically, the play is following the passion. It's following the passion. It's going through just like the book. Uh, and then we have Jesus Christ Superstar right before the crucifixion, the, the number, which is Judas singing this rock and roll, the biggest number in the show. And so as a director who you know sits and analyzes texts i'm i'm like what is this then we're starting to make decisions like well is this judas in heaven no we don't think it's judas in heaven is this judas in hell no we don't think it's judas in hell is it purgatory ah, i don't know if it's purgatory and so then we sort of just landed on like the number jesus christ superstar kind of takes place in every time that has ever been at any time that ever will be so it's like this this ether kind of thing right because then you go right back into the crucifixion and so it's almost i feel like I'm not sure that, that Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice were really sure of or really caring how the story was moving forward when they when they stuck that number in there. And so that one became really challenging to me, right? And that, that brought up a lot of questions, right? Because, you know, then it was, well, following Catholic dogma, if he takes his own life, would he, he wouldn't be in heaven, right? So then it's like, where where do we put this number? And I, I was really just, I loved the moments I had with students talking through all of this stuff and just analyzing this play which, you know, is the joy of educational theater. I will say so much of this concept came 
from working with my creative team of designers, working with the students, seeing the talent level that we had as students. We have a very extremely talented freshman who's our, our lead narrative dancer who has kind of shaped the glue that holds the entire thing together. And that was not even a thought at the read-through. So like it, it came together in a, in a really kind of beautiful way, I think. Brother Jim. Brother Jim, absolutely. So you've made your peace with the decision you all have made about that number. Uh, yeah, and I love, I loved when we had this talk about that number because at first a few people in the cast were suggesting maybe it. it you initially said it happened in heaven. Yeah, um, my my initial thought was this is this is Judas in heaven, right? Because I've yeah. seen it done that way. You know, a lot of productions may feel that way, and I think that's the beauty of Jesus Christ Superstar. And it's funny because just earlier today I had an assignment where it was it was Socrates's apology, and in it he talks about how. When poets write, they feel that they're wiser, but really the people that read the poems they write are far more wise because of what they extrapolate from it. So like what he was saying about Andrew Lloyd Webber writing it, I don't think he had a plan. I, I don't think he did, but I think that makes this all the more special that Superstar happens in every single one of us every single day that subscribes to that Catholic belief. Anytime that we feel a sense of doubt or you know, when, when we experience loss, when we experience guilt or anything like that, we go through Jesus Christ Superstar because, I mean, the mantra of the song is, are you all that you say you are? And that's the, I, I feel like that's the cornerstone of the whole thing. You know, that's what we wonder every single day when something bad happens to us. The fact that I get to portray that as a 70s, 80s rock number, it's just <laughs> such a, it's such contrasting themes that it's just, it's awesome. It's it's awesome. And then the, the, the that it all comes back to he's being nailed to the cross, right? So it's this huge huge number and then the thing ends in an extremely intimate way that i find really interesting just overall dramaturgically with the piece the way the way that that's constructed i've seen productions i think it was actually in a production where they put superstar after the crucifixion and they made it the resurrection which is you know illegal because you can't you can't change what you know the rights say you need to produce the show as written but that i think that must have been that director's struggle of like well what is this song and it makes sense if it's a resurrection but that's not how they wrote it. You're a consummate production director and scenic designer. You referred to your team. How are you using lighting? How are you using the setting? Now, we want to come and be awed, but give us sure. some hints. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really big one. I have an extremely talented group of designers, three of which are former students of mine. The set is by AJ Bonk, Alan Bonk, who's also my assistant technical director. The sound is Eden Stella. Lights are our own John Voitko. And then I have a student named Jay Krangle who's doing the costumes and it's, it's great. So it's uh you know, we, we do have our thrust at Kings, but we're not using it this time. It's going to be sort of front on the set itself. Uh, you know, he would be mad if I gave it away. Right. But I think if we, if we go with the idea of the concept of it's the word made flesh, that's what we're representing. Right. And also it's, it's a rock concert. So, you know, we see the band, we see lots of flashing lights. We're trying to be pretty immersive in the feeling of being in a rock and roll concert but really grounding it in the scriptures i think i should absolutely mention our, our choreographer is a colleague of mine beth powers she's phenomenal i mean i said to her the other day that i think the show from a director standpoint is every bit hers as it is mine she's done a wonderful job with the choreography uh she's she has this really cool way of just bringing the styles of lots lots of different decades of dance to this there's a there's a hand jive you know there's 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 a lot of fun things it's it's very it's very fun but it's also we use dance as the narrative glue that holds the whole thing together. There's the character played by a first-year student named Rose who we're, we're tentatively calling Trinity who holds 
the whole thing together and is there in lots of different places. There are also three students that are the tormentors. They sort of represent the other side of that narrative and they're sort of with Judas a lot. They're kind of with Judas mostly, not really with lots of other characters. So dance is a huge element uh, in this production. What are we to make of Mary Magdalene? Yeah, Mary's, uh, that's been a fun discussion too. Who who was Mary, really? And I think in this play, Mary was a prostitute. Whether or not that is correct, we spent a lot of time saying, you know, that there's lots of historians who think that maybe she was a teacher. But in this production, she she was a former prostitute who, who found the, the flock of Jesus. And we talked about the song, the famous song is I Don't Know How to Love Him. And the actress playing that, Kaylee, who's fantastic, we talked a lot about, well, what does this really mean? And it, is, is this, this is not lust. This is not, it's, it's sort of like her coming to grips with seeing this guy's divinity. She doesn't understand who he is as a man because she's never met anyone like that. So the song is heard saying he's a man, he's just a man. But she can't, she can't come to grips with the fact that he is more than a man. Uh, so she's fantastic. The character is written really well. And then, you know, we're sort of not really worried about gender with a lot of other, we have, we have characters of every gender playing every role. So I don't think we're really commenting on that as much, right? I mean, Mary, obviously, but. And then we haven't talked about Jesus. What about character development? Yeah, there's, there's little Easter eggs throughout where, I mean, you know, you come in, what's the buzz? And he's sort of, I think he's enjoying the stardom. There's, there's lots of moments where he's kind of getting a big head, right? If you will. But then there's little moments of uh, they, in the song Hosanna where they come into Jerusalem. It's Hosanna, Hosanna, and the lyrics are all very... At one point they say, hey, JC, JC, won't you die for me? And he just sort of has this moment where he has this realization of like, oh. Well, he knows, obviously, but I think he gets caught up in in the, the, the fervor of what's happening. And then there's just a constant reminder of like, oh, but this is how the story ends. And I think that's that's what draws me to this piece. Please don't... I don't, I don't want to get a hate mail, but I am not a huge fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber in general. But this piece, I, I really, really like what they've done with it. I mean, and some of it is very much drawn from the scriptures. With, But yeah, so I think Jesus's arc is, is also huge. There's a great debate of who's the protagonist of this play. Is it Jesus or is it Judas? Ultimately, I don't know that it matters. I think, if I may, by deeming one a protagonist and an antagonist, even though, you know, I'm not going to go against what I said that I'm the antagonist. That's the basic understanding of it. But I think if we limit ourselves to, you know, one or the other, I think it takes away an aspect from the show. Because, I mean, in most shows, there's an intro, a conflict, and a resolution towards the end. I think the resolution in this is not as straightforward. Because, you know, it, while this show is so, so beautiful for us, it's always it's also so accessible for everybody. Because you don't have to take away thinking that Christ is the Messiah. You can just take away knowing that this story that is so, so beautiful to us that practice this faith is because of things like the Holy Trinity. It's because of, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, who was both divine and mortal. Things that, I mean, people like Dave and I who are practicing Catholics, like we will never be able to fully know until, you know, that great day. So I think that's what's just so wonderful. About yeah. And I think it's been really interesting because we have, I mean, we've had discussions about the, the spiritual aspect of the show. We have, we have people in the cast who are atheists, you know, and, and one of the things that I said was, look, I'm not in any way telling you what to believe, but I am telling you that we're going to tell this story as truthfully as we can, just like we would tell the story of Hamlet, right? Like 
what we're doing with this is this here's it's what this certain group of people believe and so that we're going to tell that truthfully so that's been really kind of great i think to to have those discussions as well and again that's educational theater it's the most fun the most fun i have at rehearsal is when we sit at the table and we talk about so what's this story about that's my favorite part of any rehearsal and john as we each do in any enterprise we engage in, whether it's a class or whether it's digging a garden and creating it and seeing it through till the end of the season, we're always changed by what we engage in. You think you'll be a deeper, richer actor? For sure. That's one of my loves for theater. But I will say that although you are completely right, I'll leave this show not only a better man, but a better actor. That's partially because of performance, partially because of Dave, and partially because of everything else. They're all very separate, but very important individually. But I think it's it's funny because I just had a talk with one of my castmates about this, that the beauty of theater in my head is that I don't really need to take anything away from this. I, I, I'm grateful that I do. I'm so grateful. But at the same time, the fact that it exists, I feel just singing it does it justice. And that's what I walk away with it from because... If if no one's singing it, it's like, you know, if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody hear it? Like, if no one's singing it, then does it really, is it really doing all that it could do? And while I'm proud of the work that I do, and I'm proud of the long talks I've had with Dave about, you know, the ins and outs and the fine minutiae of my part and all the stuff that every other person in the cast has done, I could walk away from this show thinking I've gained nothing and gained everything at the same time just by doing it. It's a good answer. Tell us when and how. So uh, we open uh, on February 15th. The show runs the 15th through the 18th of February. And then again, the 22nd through the 24th. The matinee, There's a matinee on Sunday the 18th. All the other shows are at 7.30. That matinee is at 2. And you can get tickets by going to brownpapertickets.com and just searching for either King's Theater or Jesus Christ Superstar, and they'll be right there for you. director Dave Reynolds and actor John Toussaint at King's College speaking about Jesus Christ Superstar opening tomorrow February 15th running this weekend and next at the Maffei Theater 133 North River Street in Wilkes-Barre music of course by Andrew Lloyd Webber and lyrics by Tim Rice shows 15th 16th and 17th Thursday Friday and Saturday at 7:30 this Sunday February 18th at 2. And then the following weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, February 22nd, 23rd, 24th, at 7.30 each evening. For more information on the web, kings.edu, kings.edu. Jesus Christ Superstar at King's College in Wilkes-Barre, the Maffei Theater, 133 North River Street. And it opens tomorrow, February 15th at 7.30 and runs this weekend and next. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this weekend and the following weekend at 7.30. And there is one Sunday matinee, and it's this Sunday at 2. Where it's at, it's here where you are. Put my heart.